Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to quickly tell you about my upcoming workshop, Delicate Details. If you want great technique to come naturally to you so you can free up space in your brain and body to become the creative genius you know you can be, then this workshop's for you. Enjoy two hours of drills and combinations you can adapt to your style, and if you're like me, a small living room space. No more having to worry about moving furniture or houseplants around. You can do this workshop with minimal space. And believe me, I live in a studio apartment, so I know the struggle is real. Join the Delicate Details Workshop online from wherever you are in the world on Saturday, December 5th at 5 p.m. Berlin time. That's 11 a.m. on the East Coast in the U.S. or 8 a.m. on the West Coast. Register your spot now at jana.dance slash classes. That's Z-A-N-A dot dance slash classes or click the link in the show notes. This week, I'm so excited to talk to not only a great dancer, but also a great artist. Valerique Malinari is an award-winning artist known for her unique and elegant style, which flows seamlessly while having that touch of sassiness resonant of her native Puerto Rico. She has taught and performed at international festivals across four continents, and for over 15 years, Valerique has dedicated herself to the in-depth study of Arab dances and folklore, traveling to study at diverse Arab countries such as Egypt, Lebanon, and Morocco. She has a BA in Hispanic Studies and Comparative Literature, and the influence of which can be seen in her creative and poetic approach to choreography, dance teaching, and production. Since 2015, she organizes the Lebanese Love Affair, an annual event in Miami dedicated to providing a platform for dancers to study directly from renowned and dedicated Arab dance artists, all in a big celebration of love for Raksharki and the countries that gave birth to it. Hope you enjoy this interview. I'm Jana, and welcome to the Advance Your Ballet Dance podcast, a weekly podcast all about the business of ballet dance. This week, I'm so excited to have another wonderful guest on, Valerique. Hi. Hi. I'm super excited. Thanks so much for being here. Um, there's so many things I want to get into, but first, tell people that might not already know you how you came upon ballet dance and how it actually led you to Miami. Well, I started dancing ballet and jazz and doing acrobatics since I was eight years old. And when I was 13, while I was in a dance summer camp in the same dance studio that I used to uh, study, they brought my first dance teacher to basically teach one belly dance class. And I was totally hooked. I was 13. And then at this time, also Shakira has started. So... I decided to basically stop ballet and jazz and just focus on Raksharki. Mm. And I had a wonderful first teacher that she was very knowledgeable and like she guided me very well to the correct people. Um, and that's how basically I started. And I started to go to the United States to study with more Arabic and uh, Egyptian teachers specifically. I was really into that style. And 2009, I won the Miami Belly Dance Convention. 
And that's when Natalie do the invitation to me because she told me that she has recently opened a studio here in Miami. And actually when I, the first city that I went to take classes outside of Puerto Rico was actually Miami. I had came here when I was like 15 years old and my teacher at the moment, um, she was working a lot with Tamalindalal and she has host Tamalindalal also in Puerto Rico. So we stay with Tamalin's house and then we, we were going to the Middle Eastern Dance Exchange, which was the studio that Tamarinda used to have in Miami. So when Natalie did the invitation for me in 2009, the Miami Belly Dance community was very uh, close to me. Like I was aware of, of the artists that were working here. And like, it was a very easy decision for me just to make the jump and, and come to Miami. I did, I did it after I finished my bachelor. So I finished my bachelor and then I just moved here. And I think I vaguely remember a long, long time ago, you posting about how it is that you moved from Puerto Rico to Miami. Like, you, did you know anyone else other than just the dance community, right? It was a big leap to just yeah, yeah. leave everything behind and um, focus on dance, like after your studies. Yeah, huge deal because uh, my uh, bachelor was in literature. So it required a lot of passive activity, a lot of reading. I was really into it. And then I decided I was going to go directly to the master. But then I really had this. Uh, I was very thirsty for dancing and like I wanted it to perform. I wanted it to to teach outside of, of Puerto Rico. I wanted it to travel. Um, and then when I moved here to Miami, it was a super risk. The first two years were very difficult. I didn't have any family here. Uh, my partner at the time, my boyfriend came with me, but we have no support here. It's not that I was coming here and I, you know, I have an auntie or something. You know? it, was, it was very hard. And then Miami is a pretty violent and brutal city. It looks super fun. But it's very expensive. Uh, we do have, a, I think, a great entertainment business. Like there's shows coming up all the time. Before the pandemia, you know, I was working basically with in six restaurants. So, you know, it's a busy city for entertainment. Uh, but at the same time, it could be very brutal. Uh, and that I really suffered a lot at the beginning. Then I kind of like got used to it. And then I realized that, uh, you know, if I didn't have that safety net, I uh, have to build it. Mm -hmm. And I built it basically with the belly dance community. That's how I actually started to, to have friends. It was basically because of my colleagues. And I, I really can't complain about my experience with the dance community in Miami. Like I'm super happy with the artists that we have here. And uh, I feel I have successfully collaborated with many people here. Um, and I, I really value those relationships. I love Miami. I have a special place in my heart for the Miami dancers. I mentioned this in the interview with Kelly as well. Uh, like nice. I have such a like love for the South Florida scene. Like I remember when I lived in Orlando, um, any chance I could, I would go to Miami for the workshops. Like we would like go together, part of like um, the troupe and I would go and like just spend the weekend there. And 
just any chance we got we would go there and I went to like uh Miami Belly Dance Convention Rockstar like it was so much fun I have such a special place in my heart for <laughs> South Easy. Florida we yeah. gather we gather sometimes we fight but we gather and we have fun you know yeah and it's like with any community you know but I just have such a high respect I think the the quality of dancers is just amazing like everyone is just yeah. so great and everyone is great in their own way like with their own style and it's just amazing so I just absolutely have such a special place in my my heart for Miami <laughs> we have great talents here yeah. super great talents yeah, for sure. How was then the transition from dancing as a soloist to starting Lebanese Love Affair, which is an event that you hosted, to now co-owning Creative Hips Dance Studio? So talk a little bit about that transition. Yeah. How did you go from that? It was hard. It's still hard to, ba to balance because the more uh, responsibilities you have, uh, then your artistic career is basically going to suffer. Uh, so I have learned to use my production platforms as a way to also expand my creativity. And that sense, I keep my brain active all the time. Uh, but the, I, I'll, I'll say that everything was kind of like on the go. Uh, and I put a lot of effort. In the, when I moved here to, to Miami to develop my soloist career, like I used to spend a lot of time building my, my own choreographies, uh, building whatever workshop that I was going to uh, teach. But I, I really spent a lot of time preparing those moments for stage. Mm -hmm. Like really, really spent like easily an e a year just to present our three-minute choreography. Mm -hmm. And I think that process of really disciplining myself to commit to a project or a vision was something that eventually helped me with the productions of events. So when I started to do the Lebanese Law Affair, I was producing an event, but really keeping in mind that I wanted it to do edu entertainment. So I wanted it to use art as a way to educate people. And of course, I was using dancing. I was using the a very a national term so it could give people a better understanding of where this dance is coming from. Um, but I'll say that whenever I feel that hungry to either to produce, I'm not really focusing on my soloist life. And like I like to keep the things also separate. Like for example, last year was a year that I was gonna take a break from producing the Lebanese Law Affair because I was really missing the work and the input that I used to put on stage before. So I took a break just to come back to that. But whenever I produce the event, the five I did the Lebanese Law Affair for five years, I think I performed in like two or three of them. Like it was very difficult for me to be a producer because, and yeah. to be a performer at the same time. I don't recommend it. Like mm -hmm. I suffer it a lot because I'm, I'm, I really want to pay attention to how my attendees react mm -hmm. to whatever project. If I brought, if I brought an artist, you're not going to see me taking the class. You're going to see me watching people. Mm -hmm. How are they responding to the artists that I'm bringing? And the, like, I think, that for me has worked that whenever I just allow whatever I want to 
I want to work in the moment. If I, if I want to put effort now in working on an event, I'll just stop everything just to work on that event. And then if I want to work only on my choreography or my solo artist thing, I just focus just on that. But I try not to just do everything at the same time. For me, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, I can imagine. But, yeah. mm -hmm. but that, that way of, of you preparing yourself for the stage is the same preparation that I have basically when I produce an event. And how yeah, did you then go from Lebanese Love Affair to... I got half of the story from Kelly, I will say, uh -huh. but uh, co-create, um, co-owning the Creative Hip Studio. So How did you make I that was, jump? I was here when this was barely two apps, and Adriana Cheverri, which was the previous owner, had a very tight relationship with me. I actually started the Lebanese Law Affair with her. She was my mm -hmm. partner when we did the Lebanese Law Affair. So when I uh, jumped into the studio, I had a perfect relationship with Adriana which was the previous owner and like I collaborated a lot with belly to apps and belly to apps supported a lot of my efforts mm -hmm. and ambitions and this became like my home mm -hmm. and I think she gave me so much trust uh I, to be honest she has been one of the person that I felt have really trusted in my talent and 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 in me more than I could probably do it for myself. Mm -hmm. So I, she was an, an amazing part of my success in my career. Um, so I remember her always saying, you know, one day you could be the owner of this. Like, and I'm like, is she trying to say something to me? You know, <laughs> like, and that's how it happened. But I never, never, never was my dream to have a dance studio. That was never my dream. It's a huge commitment. I was, this is why I didn't want her to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. So she has been telling me for a while, take the studio, take the studio. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do this alone because I, I wanted it to work with my solo career. Yeah. Again, I was craving for that. Um, and then it just happened. I, and then when I look back, you know, I've been living in a dance studio basically since I was eight years old like coming every day to a dance studio. Later, when I was 10 years old, that I encountered belly dance was because the summer camp was in the dance studio. I would finish uh, in school and my my daycare was the dance studio. I would finish school at 2 p.m. At 3 p.m., I was taking ballet, jazz, and acrobatics, and my mom would pick me up at 5 p.m. So I'm so used to this type of business and like it's it's such an easy thing for me to do. And I, I know Kelly has the same experience as me, you yeah. know, so for us dancers running a dance studio, it's pretty easy in a sense because we really know everything. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's more responsibility. Um, and uh, for me personally, I like challenges. <laughs> I'm very competitive. <laughs> So the studio really takes me out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And like I have learned in this uh, year since we had it, it's to basically go with the flow mm -hmm. with the same business. Uh, but it's it's been a beautiful experience also to um, have a place that suddenly awakens a very strong sense of belonging for many of our students. 
and like for me i have really enjoyed a lot the what this place gives to the women latin community here mm -hmm. in, in in miami so miami it's pretty familiar for me because it's so latin mm -hmm. at the same time that even though it's I still feel like an outsider, to be honest, here in Miami. Um, my students and this place from when it was Belly to Abs, this is my home here. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was easy just to take it and, you know, because it, it, this studio was for me more than, than a studio. It, it, it's my Miami home. Mm -hmm. And that's great that you were able to have to continue the community from belly tabs into creative hips and to keep that community and grow it even more um, with all the collaborations mm -hmm. you are doing. Um, I know that the focus of your studio is very heavy on collaboration, which is a beautiful thing, I think. So, yeah. And it's doable. I don't know why many people were saying that this was not doable. <laughs> like it's so doable. It's yeah. so doable. And I'm learning a lot by watching also how the fitness uh, industry works here and it's all based on collaborations yeah constantly constantly yeah I I have this conversation with other dancers as well like about the business part of it and then why belly dance seems to be so scared to do the things that other communities have been doing and have been succeeding and it's just this weird thing like if you look at like the hip hop and open style community, like they've been online for a lot longer than belly dance and yeah. they're doing like some platforms are doing really well during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we've had to play catch up a lot of us. And it's just, it's interesting to see how other communities, which is why I like having creatives of all kinds on this podcast. I know it's advanced for belly dance, but I have, you know, other creatives on here too sometimes. And I just like to see how, they work especially during this year and then mm -hmm. what can we take what can mm -hmm. we use and adapt and I think um yeah definitely the collaboration part is just a huge thing other dance communities other artists have been doing that and it's been working and it works so, yeah and it works also yeah. when it comes yeah. to money it works, it works in, in all ways it works in giving your students a, a better overview of of one topic that you learn from other people it works financially. It works just for the community as well. If you find people mm -hmm. that you enjoy working with and are professional mm -hmm. as well. So for sure it works. Yeah. I hope more dance studios do that. <laughs> yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. Tell me more about um, your experience with the online classes this year. I know that you, again, this is a bit of a cheat sheet because I've already spoken to Kelly about this, but um, I know the, everyone has had to go online this year. So tell me, Tell me more about how Creative Hips has had to transition and pivot this year and how, how well, that's been going. We pivot basically in 24 hours. <laughs> and I think we were the responsibles for this overwhelmed amount of free classes that were happening in the beginning. When we made the transition, I was expecting these to be kind of like the same period that you're close when, when a hurricane comes. Mm -hmm. So I was expecting like two weeks and a half or something like that. I didn't know we were going to spend all this time in the lockdown. So we transitioned basically in 24 hours, uh, all the classes online, and we kept it for one entire month, mm -hmm. totally for free. Uh, that way we were basically studying the new platform mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, using it as a promotion tool. And basically everybody was learning also with us. Mm-hmm. We have music difficulties, like all type of issues, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I love it. Love <laughs> it, love it, love it, love it. I have to say now I'm a little overwhelmed, but I love it, love it, love it. And for me, I don't think you're gonna see me in another event. <laughs> taking like for me, I love to take these workshops with the people that I, you know, love, and then being in my room without any type of distraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's perfect. The, 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 they can't interrupt the instructor too much. Yeah. And then I don't have to be fighting for the space. Yeah, true. I get to really stop. And if I want to take a break without being rude with the instructor, and I really zoom better, I, I really focus more when I, I'm learning online. Uh, so for me, I had a great time. We still have issues with the technical difficulties but I have to be honest I've, I've enjoyed it a lot for me it's like super overwhelming to have people from other mm-hmm. areas taking the class we have a student from Japan that it's part of our limited and for me it's mind-blowing that I have mm-hmm. her other student of Oregon so my student from PR joining like I love this uh this way because the lockdown is basically worldwide we're all in lockdown so this idea that we're all going through the same thing, I it's it's amazing. And like I feel the dance instructors are actually the heroes of this pandemia mm-hmm. with the online uh, teaching. So I, I had a great experience with it. I love it. I think it was something that I wanted to do before the pandemia, but this mm-hmm. it just speeded. And anyway, it was still gonna happen anyway. It's just like we're just doing it faster now. Yeah. What is it that you want to see more of in the ballet dance and the rock sharky community in general? In, innovation, like really nice innovation, not bad innovation. Like <laughs> I want to see uh, new aesthetics, new style. Like I love the golden era, but let's move into another <laughs> era. Like I feel we get really obsessed with certain topics and and we just burn them, burn them, burn them, burn them, burn them. And like, I want to see different aesthetics. I want to see, I want to see how, like, if we're so obsessed with the golden era, what is this era? How does it look like? Uh, like, I like the idea now with the pandemia that everybody's putting more effort on video and screen dance, which is, uh, is, is something that I'm really interested in for a long time. We have a great fe- festival here in Miami that is called Screen Dance Miami. Mm-hmm. So I've been attending, I've been part of that festival, uh, just seeing what they are producing. And I'm like, man, we're always so behind mm-hmm. on everything. Like we're trying, still trying to get into the theater. And like the dancers are not in the theater now, they're doing film. And like, I feel this is a great opportunity to really study uh video and screen dance mm-hmm. like there's so many things that we can do with that genre uh that yeah that's that's all i have to say that i want to see more innovation <laughs> in the way we're doing art in the way we're projecting in what it's imagery and, and presentation I'm, I'm a little bored of seeing the same thing why do you think though that we are so behind 
and as as a like belly dance community why do you think like do you have any one reason that you think or any few reasons i'll of course eurocentrismo you know eurocentric perspectives yeah. yeah have a lot to do with the development of also these mm-hmm. ethnic and folklore, folklore dances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has to probably be this dance industry that we have, this monster that we have created between only us. And like it's, it's like when you think about it, and I love all these social discussions that we're having about cultural appropriation mm-hmm. and when I go to the Middle East, my experience is, was like, wow, we in the Western dance industry, because it's an industry, are, we're so far away of what's really happening with the arts mm-hmm. in the Middle East, you know? Mm-hmm. And we just have these instructors, uh, Arab instructors that we find them, they're great, but then we don't bring more people mm-hmm. also that are working. The so same I feel people. we're very... Yeah. De- the same people and then we're just hosting ourselves constantly mm-hmm. um and i'm even guilty of that so I, I feel like we just need to open ourselves more and really do more research of going there seeing what's actually the 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 relevant work that are doing other artists outside of the glamour bubble that mm-hmm. we have created here and um i was watching this documentary of of Netflix move, which is really nice. I recommend everybody to do. And there's a, they're presenting a lot of ethno contemporary dance, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. When I went to Lebanon to see the work of Alex, that he was doing mixing ballady with more contemporary aesthetics to do political statements, super hardcore about uh, the situation in Lebanon. I was like, this is the type of thing that this dance is already ready to speak mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and I think it has to do with the way that we are learning and consuming the dance. I once had a discussion with a, f- a friend and student of mine, and we were talking back and forth about, you know, how great it is that these social injustices are coming to light, like that we're talking about it. And when it comes to the topic of, of the dance community, um, but I think in my opinion, what we miss oftentimes is that we sit back and we're like, well, we can't, what is happening here? And it's like, we created this community. Like this is such a niche. We are the ones that put up people in a pedestal. We are the ones that hosted that brought up that shared the videos that bought the DVDs and VHSs way back when, you know, we are the ones that created this. We have the ability to do that over again and over and over. Mm -hmm. And and so it's Mm -hmm. just this, Mm It's like, I think we as the community also have to take responsibility for the things that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, this is the type of person that we built up. That's fine for maybe that area, but now it's time for something else. So it's like, it's at the same time understanding that like we are, no, there is no outside influence. There's no Hollywood. There's nothing like dictating who we take workshops from. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like dancing with the stars in ballroom and then we can complain oh you know this is what people think like we don't have that and we are Mm -hmm. the ones that created this community and we can Mm -hmm. create it and recreate it and continue to do that Mm -hmm. so I think Mm -hmm. um it's very interesting when people talk about they get angry about where the state of things 
but at the same time we all played a part exactly <laughs> in who we and who we chose to respond to and who we chose to to rave about post about support and you know so it's like I know things look bleak but if we were able to do it once twice you know we can keep doing it and keep improving and doing it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so I just always think it's interesting that dancers have this mindset of like well how did this happen and it's like we did it <laughs> we all collectively exactly. did it in one way or another and I guess the silver lining is that we're able to change it because we have the mm-hmm. we have the benefit of running this industry like you say on like it's in our community there's no outside influence there's no outside entertainment group mm-hmm. dictating mm-hmm. you know we are the ones mm-hmm. that decided to be eurocentric to be very ukrainian centric to be very russian centric you know if we're being honest totally. like we are the ones that totally. decided that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so it's just very interesting um when you mentioned the the industry aspect of it and the eurocentricism of like of it because it's it's very true but um, when when i did the law affair that was the idea to like the, the first artist pierre then i brought sammy they were unknown for the mm-hmm. dance industry here which was very challenging also to promote them yeah because i didn't I have imagine, testimonies yeah. i didn't have yeah. uh, a- anything so but you know people liked it i then I brought Soraya, which was not as popular. The people here in Miami were not, uh, they knew her work. But, you know, that once you see the show of her in Cairo, such a complete and amazing artist. It's like ridiculous. So part of my platform when I did the Law Affair was precisely to start bringing artists that were not mm-hmm. uh, known, but that they were doing like really amazing, relevant work in their countries. If you want gooey hips, stronger shimmies, and arms so elegant Misty Copeland would be proud, then my Delicate Details Workshop is for you. Learn how to get great technique come naturally to you so you can free up space in your brain and body to become the creative genius you know you can be. Enjoy two hours of drills and combinations you can adapt to your style, and if you're like me, a small living room space. Join the Delicate Details Workshop online from wherever you are in the world on Saturday, December 5th at 5 p.m. Berlin time. That's 11 a.m. on the East Coast in the U.S. or 8 a.m. on the West Coast. Can't make it live? No problem. You'll get access to live recording to watch as many times as you want until December 21st. Sign up now at jana.dance slash classes. That's Z-A-N-A dot dance slash classes or click the link in the show notes. Because confidence in your performance comes from repetition during your practice. So now it's time for the lightning Mm. round. Now I'm going to have to rename this at one point. So if someone has a better name for it, please let me know because it's not really a lightning round. You have time to answer, (laughs) but I just lack creativity when it comes to naming things. So basically I'm going to give you a sentence and you just finish it. Yeah. So that's it. (laughs) So don't worry, you can take your time. So the biggest struggle I face in belly dance is... Slowing down. Hmm. Hmm. Slowing down when it comes to doing all these things, producing and teaching and, you know, or slowing, slowing down. Slowing down 
to dancing, dancing, to dancing, dancing. I'm a staccato dancer. Like okay. I can go, yeah. I get very excited. <laughs> I just can't contain my my energy. So I would yeah. say that that's basically slowing down know. and dance. Okay, yeah. great. The best way I'm overcoming that struggle is. Wow. Um, improvising a lot to slow tunes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like really allowing myself to really pause and I'm enjoying that process a lot too mm -hmm. like to really uh enjoy comfortable with being steady mm -hmm. and like yeah I do a lot of I'm doing nowadays a lot of improvisation creative exercises for myself it's kind of like a movement meditation that I like mm -hmm. to do now that I'm not doing too many gigs. <laughs> now that you can slow down. You're yeah, now that going I can from slow restaurant down. to restaurant. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> My favorite belly dance memory is. Paris, 2008. I was a dance student. I was a. A foreigner student and in Madrid, and I went to Paris to take a workshop for the weekend with Josery. And I was not even 21 years old. I was 20 years old. I traveled to Paris and I went to the workshops. The host of the workshop treats me super nice. Like she was so scared that I was by myself. Mm. so young so she had me somebody to come and drop me in the hotel and then somebody came and picked me up to go to the gala and I remember the gala everybody was super well dressed and I didn't even have like fancy clothes you know I was studying in Spain mm -hmm. so I had like this uh I don't know boho chic dress like <laughs> I was and in sandals and everybody was super and I remember I danced and it was this beautiful venue in Paris and it was Lebanese, and there was like this square here where was the dance floor, and you have the the students that were part of the usury workshop on one side of the of the room, and the Lebanese and the Arabs from Paris on the other side of the room, and I danced, and I was closer to the end, and both crowded were they loved my dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and they asked for more, 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 more. And I remember that feeling like, first I was super young. I never thought that people were going to like my dance to that level where they were going to ask me for one more song in a country where, you know, nobody knew me. Like, mm -hmm. And yeah, that's a special memory because I think it was such a powerful moment for me being so young, like mm -hmm. going all the way to Paris to continue studying this dance and then suddenly receive this amount of uh, of love by strangers. Like I remember mm -hmm. they were euphoric, super, and like I was like, wow, I never knew that I could have this effect on, like dancing could make people also feel like this. Like I felt I was every, every I felt like, they were really feed, feeding from my energy mm -hmm. and my joy at the moment. And it was a, almost like a very spiritual uh, scene. Yeah, that's <laughs> my most joyful moment, yeah. 
And last one, the one thing I'd love to offer the belly dance community is. Hi, creativity, mm-hmm. creativity. That's something that I like to do a lot. Weekly, I also try to inspire my students in class to move creatively and from in a very in an intuitive way. And I want my dancers to be, and I try whenever they do coaching with me, whenever they're studying with me in class, I want them to be confident with their creativity, which I think it's important. And something that as a teacher and in my activities, I'm constantly looking to give creative confidence to my dancers and the artists that are around me. Like, thank you so much. This is such a wonderful interview. It's so great to to talk to you about this, all, all these things. Where can people find you? Where do you want people to come see you? You guys way? can come at creativehips.com. Mm-hmm. That's the website of my studio. All the information, it's there. I teach weekly classes there. I have many classes that are focused on art and creativity, like my wine and wine. So if anybody wants to have like a nice, edgy improvisation class, you guys can come on Thursday. We work with everything, not necessarily only on Sharky. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very uh, uh, open class to work with movement, but it's really enriching. And then uh, you guys can check also our IG or Instagram, Creative Hips also. And then you guys can follow everything that we're doing here in Miami. You guys can join us online. Or if you guys want to come all the way here, we're in the Coconut Grove and we'll be more than happy to take care of you. The studio is beautiful. Yes, it is. And um, I'm happy I got to be a little, very small part of that, creating your website. <laughs> but, the I website. Just, I, but that was so much fun working with you. And, and I loved seeing, I loved see, like seeing the progression of that with the studio and then all the stuff that you're able to add to that. So it's wonderful. Thank, thank you so you, much, Valerie. Thank, thank you, people that are listening. Hope you really enjoy this. Make sure to check out the studio in the show notes and speak to you guys next week. Bye. Don't forget, my Delicate Details workshop is on Saturday, December 5th at 5 p.m. Berlin time. That's 11 a.m. on the East Coast in the U.S. or 8 a.m. on the West Coast. You'll get two hours of drills and combinations focusing on improving your techniques so you can focus on being creative and developing your own style. If you can't make it live, that's no problem. You'll still get access to a live recording to watch as many times as you want until December 21st. Sign up now at shauna.dance slash classes, that's Z-A-N-A dot dance slash classes, or click the link in the show notes.